Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Woo, yeah, we thought we'd have this all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. I don't even have this opening figured out. And you think I would by this point, but that's okay. It's all okay. We're figuring it out together. Kayla, how are you today? I'm good. I'm just impressed, Candace. I have to say, you look great. You look like you have it all together. So we're very, it's deceiving. I do have to say. (laughs) Well, thank you. I am trying. Um, I I did my hair today. That's all I got. So, um, you know, that's, I know. It's just, uh, yeah, life after baby and just no sleep. I forgot. I forgot this whole, they make you forget that the children get older and then they let you sleep for a while and then you have another one and then that one doesn't let you sleep. And you're like, right. wait, what's what's this? I don't remember this part. It's like <laughs> your brain just erases it all. 
But that's why it's so good. We're talking to a dear friend, Phoebe Tonkin, today, because even when you forget things, that's what friends are for. They pick you up. Don't worry. Phoebe has you. I have you. You guys, I'm sure all of our listeners know who Phoebe Tonkin is. But for those who don't, she is an Australian actress. You have seen her in many things, but most notably the Vampire Diaries spinoff, The Originals. She's an artist, activist, and now she can add a clothing designer to her extensive resume. Her new clothing line, Le Jour, has been quoted as perfectly suited for the era of biz leisure by Harper's Bazaar. I'm so excited to talk with her. I mean, we've talked about, you know, finding inspiration, you know, within quarantine of last year and and how that was a struggle throughout 2020. And and then here we are catching up with Phoebe, <laughs> who started a freaking clothing line. And that's really hard. And that's so cool. Phoebe's so cool. We got to figure out how she's so cool. We thought she was cool before, but then she surpassed our expectations. So without further ado, here is our awesome interview with cool girl Phoebe Tonkin. And we're here with Phoebe Tonkin. Phoebe, um, thank you for coming on our very serious podcast, which you were just saying. (laughs) This is only your second time podcasting. (laughs) Yes, I know. I'm so excited to be here. I can't believe it's like been so long since I've seen you guys this is the next best thing even though to the people listening they're just hearing our voices I get to see your lovely faces right now on zoom oh yeah (laughs) zoom has made the world go round well a fun little uh fact is that when Kayla and I started this podcast two and a half years ago now maybe even crazy maybe even three um you actually were on our short list for like okay we want to like arc out season one and who do we want to talk to we want to make sure we have like really incredible guests who are really knowledgeable and can teach us the things we want to learn about in life and so we had you on the list and we were like we just want to be like phoebe we want her to teach us how to be like her because she's so freaking cool like maybe the whole episode is just phoebe teaching us how to be cool so now that we finally have you almost like three years later Can you teach us how to be effortlessly chic and cool? Please, please. I know nothing. That's why it's taken me three years to get on this show because I have to learn a lot. Um, I know. I feel like you know. You guys have, have interviewed everyone. I'm so excited to like finally to finally be on with you guys, but. Um, well, there's just something really cool about you, Phoebe. And when we say cool, what we mean is you are uh, you effortlessly own who you are. In a city filled filled with people who try to be something else, you own who you are and you just embrace it. And for all the, I, I guess for lack of a better word, weirdness, like the quirkiness that you have as well. Not only are you just a stunningly beautiful artist, but you own your quirks. And I think a lot of people can benefit from kind of tapping into that instead of trying to go along with the mainstream I don't know. You know what way I'm of doing things. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Way in of LA, doing it's easy to just conform. And, and you are really, um, you are beautiful in the way that you own who you are. So when we say cool girl, like that's what we're talking about. Is that something that you felt like when you moved to LA that you really stuck to? Do you feel, feel like that's an element of that's like an Australian thing? Or do you feel like you had to learn that since you moved here? I mean, firstly, this is the greatest morning ever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so great right now. Thank you. I'm so 
flattered. Um, and definitely don't necessarily agree with you that I'm a cool girl, but will definitely take the compliment and thank you. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't find my, I don't, I, I don't know. Now I'm embarrassed. No. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that like the last few years, definitely. I mean, can, I mean, we've all known each other for God, how many years now? Like eight plus years. A long time. And, you know, sometimes I have to remind people, and I'm sure you had this as well, Candace, after coming back from Atlanta for so long, like, I feel like I've lived so many different lifetimes and di- I've had to rebuild my life so many times in so many different places and cities and countries and stuff. And so I do feel like I'm kind of just answering my own question here. <laughs> I'm like, um, I feel like at 31, I'm definitely the most comfortable I've been in my entire young adult slash adult life, probably because I just feel like I have experienced a lot and been around a lot of different types of people and have to, yeah, I mean, just re- restart again, you know? And I, I think there's a, like a really big um, part of me that's very independent because I've sort of had to be independent. Um, so I'll take, I'll take the independent cool girl compliment then. <laughs> not, not the cool girl, but I do consider myself very, very independent. Um, yeah. No, I just want to touch on that, um, idea that, you know, when you turn 30, you start to know yourself a little bit more yeah. and, um, start to kind of fall in love with yourself a little bit more and, and find what works in life. How did you get to that point? So many of our listeners ask this, how, how do you, how did you get to the point where you can learn to love yourself for who you are? You know, I definitely, and I'm sure you guys feel the same. It honestly is like time and experience. I mean, I have been deleting photos from like a few years ago on my phone and I look at these photos and, you know, I was living such a like lovely life and traveling and having all these amazing experiences. But at the time there were just so many other things that I was worried about and thinking about. And, and I finally come to a place of like, you know, I'm really grateful for where I am. And I, um, I don't know. I think it just, I think there's like a careless that I've found in the last year. I, I was so sensitive for so many years and I took everyone's opinions on board and it just ate me up. And I was blinded by the amazing experiences that I was having by this like deep insecurity. And I do feel like this is, am I allowed to say fuck on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like fuck the last yeah. Month, I don't give a fuck. Like I just don't. And, um, that that's definitely taken a long time. I mean, that definitely was not me three years ago. I was the most fucks given all of the time. Mm. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I do think, I do think it has just been time and age and experience and, you know, it's not something I look at girls that are 21. There's seemingly, seemingly so confident and have it together. And maybe people thought I did at that age, but I, I definitely didn't. Um, definitely been the last few years of like growth and time and, you know, all those things, therapy. <laughs> oh yeah. Therapy's <laughs> a big help. Um, yeah. it is, it is funny you mentioning that I've been thinking a lot about my early twenties and I, mm-hmm. and how confident I was. Like I was so fearless during that period of time. And then as the twenties carried on, it's like, that's when I started letting all the little voices just kind of eat me up and, and deteriorate me. And it wasn't until for me, it more 
so took as opposed to turning 30, I feel like that kind of was a spiraling point for me in my own way. But it was really this past year. I mean, the experience of just being home and okay, now I don't have to worry about, obviously I'm worrying about making sure that my family is taken care of and that we can put food on the table, but it's not any level of expectation beyond that. It's not, okay, well, what is everyone going to think about what I'm doing right now? And it took a minute to break that habit. Those voices were so loud at the beginning of quarantine. And almost a year later, it's like I'm finally starting to feel that sense of um, what I'd always hoped for in my 30s of just, oh, you know, this is my life and the voice within myself and within like my immediate friends and family. Like those are the voices that are really important to me, Um, not the comparison to like what someone else might think of me that I don't even interact with on a daily basis. You know, I think social media is is such a powerful tool, but you have to look at it like you're reading a magazine, like it's an editorial, you know, and, and to look at Instagram and look at social media, like people are living these extremely wonderful, happy lives. You know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. And I feel like I'm guilty of that at times as well, where I've definitely portrayed a life that was something very different to the inner workings of what I actually was experiencing and feeling at the time. I think, I think we're all victims, victims of it, no matter who you are, how many followers you have, you're always going to be a victim of comparison and also being the person that is, like I said, portraying something that isn't necessarily as true as it, as it really is in reality. And I definitely feel like the last year I've really tried to you know, I, I feel like the, the kind of very filtered, very, you know, aesthetically pleasing Instagram days are done. Thankfully, you know, I think there's a, there's a kind of a, a realness and authenticity to Instagram that is starting to creep in. Is that something you're comfortable with sharing kind of that authenticity? Kayla and I have talked about it a lot where we feel like this medium as a podcast is easier for us to have conversations mm-hmm and talk about like what's going on that might be more difficult for us in our lives or something that we're challenged with um, in our lives. But social media has been really hard to be like, I'm having a terrible day and here's my pimples and here's all my, like everything going wrong today. Like I've just never felt comfortable being on social media like that, even though I love when other people do that. Totally. I mean, this is a great, this is a great platform for those kind of more real conversations because, you know, there's also an escapism to social media. I think social media is vilified in a lot of ways, but I do like picking up my phone. It's like how I used to, I used to buy every magazine under the sun and I wanted to see something that was surreal and fantastical and something that wasn't entirely attainable. And so it is that fine balance of like, if I just was scrolling through Instagram, it was just a bunch of people miserable and complaining and sad. I don't think that would be very healthy either. Um, so yeah, this, this is definitely probably, um, quite cathartic for you guys and for people like your guests to come on and sort of talk more, um, honestly, you know, it's, it's interesting because it sounds like you've found a way to find inspiration through social media. And I really feel like after this year of quarantine, there are two types of people. One is the type of person who is really struggling to find inspiration right now and to create and to do all these things. And there's another type that has found, been able to harness it and find their inspiration and really put it and create and make something of it. 
having seen everything you've accomplished during quarantine, I feel like you're the, you're the latter. Um, how do you find that inspiration and where do you go and how, what is your process like? I mean, yeah, I mean, I even feel like my taste and personal style has definitely really evolved over the last few years as well. I don't know if you guys have found that as well. I just feel like every, I want to get rid of everything in my wardrobe because it feels like a different person than I have been in the last like two years. Um, you know, I think that like our, what, you know, we, our generation grew up with like the Kate Mosses of the world. And there was a very specific type of beauty that was, you know, the pinnacle of what beautiful and what, you know, thin and, and fashionable. And I do think with like TikTok and Instagram and all these different mediums now, there's sort of room for everything, you know, there's room for so many different styles and, and, um, body shapes. And so, I mean, I, I, I started this brand leisure, um, and I had been thinking about doing it for a few years, but kind of going back to what you said, Candace, I felt like there was this stigma about, Oh, you know, I want to be a serious actress and no one will take me seriously. If I have a clothing brand that I am, you know, promoting on Instagram. And it took me a really long time to kind of just, you know, like you were saying, just like, get over that insecurity and be like, no, this is what is important to me. And this is what's fun and inspiring to me. And I definitely pull inspirations from, you know, more masculine type girls that aren't just trying to, um, I don't know. I, I, I personally just dress for comfort. I am, as you know, <laughs> turn up to set on in sweatpants every day for six years, Candace, but I, um, <laughs> I wanted something that felt a little bit more elevated than just wearing sweatpants. But, you know, I haven't put on jeans in about a year. I don't want to, I don't want to try those jeans on. <laughs> <laughs> They're going in the Goodwill basket. I, and I, I didn't want, I wanted to create a line of clothing that was as fluid for how people are feeling in terms of their body, in terms of how they, you know, are working. You know, a lot of people like we're doing now are spending hours in front of, a computer screen. And sometimes at least in my instance, for the first six months of quarantine, I was living at my boyfriend's house and we didn't have a lot of room for both of us to work. So I did everything in bed, you know, and I had a little bed desk and I didn't want to be sitting around in, in like jeans or anything tight. Or I also didn't want to sit around in pajamas all day because mentally I really couldn't get anything done. Mm -hmm. So I wanted something that sort of fit in the middle that was tailored and flattering and made you know, you feel comfortable, but still kind of, you know, a little done up and elegant and chic at the same time. Um, so that's sort of what, what was the inspiration behind it? Right. It's such a brilliant concept because now more than ever, it's so important to what we put on every day is so important because our mental health is, um, I think much more prevalent because we are, most of us are at home being quarantined. And so, to be able to feel a little bit more confident and a little bit more professional and also be comfortable, you've really bridged the the gap between the two. It's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. And so you came up with this concept essentially before 2020, before quarantine, before COVID, but it was that quiet time that really inspired you to take that next step and go. And that's, that's a huge feat. Uh, starting mm -hmm. a clothing nut line 
is not easy. You know, we have friends with clothing lines and 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 they've had them for over a decade. And just even now, um, you know, the rigorous schedule of constantly staying on top of um, keeping the business going and growing. Uh, so starting a clothing line is not that easy. How did you just does, you don't just like magically bippity boppity boop? Um, what were kind of did you what was your starting point? Did you have friends you were able to call and connect with? Did you know the designs you wanted? Um, and I also really, really want to highlight the eco responsible element right. of this line because that's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool, girl. <laughs> cool, girl. <laughs> um, I guess going on now two years ago, you know, I I love jewelry. I for me, I I express myself through jewelry, and I always loved the aesthetic of like sweats and jewelry. Like I just I thought it was just such a chic way of dressing. But every time I would sort of wear my sweatpants with my nice jewelry, it just, it just looked a little off. And so that was the original concept was like sweats and jewelry. And then when COVID hit and I was sitting at home and, you know, as all of us as actresses, you know, it's, it was kind of a harsh, like, there was a period that I really wondered whether or not I would ever find myself on a set again you know, and even still, you know, it's, it's a, it's a strange time in our industry in terms of that world. I started acting when I was 16 and I didn't grow up wanting to be an actress. I grew up just enjoying acting. And so acting was never like the be all end all job that I wanted to have. I wanted to work for Teen Vogue. That was always my dream. (laughs) And so, you know, I've never felt like I've had all these like the like options for my career, they were always just like, well, I like doing a bunch of things. So if acting doesn't work out, there are so many other things that I would find equally as enjoyable and exciting for me. And so when COVID happened, I did start thinking like, okay, you know, I'm 31 this year. I love working. And what other opportunities could I find that I would still be like, you know, excited by and And then I revisited this sweats and jewels idea from the year or so before. And then honestly, I just have a lot of great friends that, you know, like you guys that work in fashion. And I just started asking around and, you know, compiling a lot of resources and information. And, you know, we were lucky that we, um, the, all the clothes are using the same material and we're, we manufacture everything in Los Angeles. So everything even though it was like a wild thing to start during COVID, everything is very contained. You know, it's you should make everything downtown. Everything is cut and sewn. Everything is made there. Um, and then that of our office, which is local as well. So, you know, as far as a clothing brand, it's, it's smaller than most where you're outsourcing from, you know, different countries and, and to talk about the eco side of that, you know, even keeping everything local you're minimizing the amount of like carbon that you're using by flying things back and forth and testing things. You know, we are trying to minimize as much of an eco footprint that we possibly can. And that is, you know, how the fabric is made, keeping it locally, the, all the kind of, you know, add-ons that the clothing brand has like tags and instructions and washing instructions and everything that we, um, that we use for Le Jour is really thoughtfully designed so that, you know, it is really sustainably responsible. Um, and that will, for me, 
other than my ego was another reason why I was hesitant to start a clothing brand because I feel like there is so much waste out there already. And if I was going to bring something else into the world, I wanted to make sure that it was sustainable and responsible and wasn't just more junk on the planet that is already filled with a lot of junk. (laughs) Going back to social media a little bit, um, that is something I've noted because that's how we've all kind of kept in touch with each other over this past (laughs) year of not seeing each other. Yeah, it's been like reading magazines and like getting updates from all of your friends on what they're up to. Um, I've noticed that you've definitely taken more of an interest in how you can be more responsible to the planet and what you can do. Um, is that something that started kind of around quarantine or before quarantine? I mean, I know from, you know, our years in Atlanta that there was an element of that and you were very aware of uh, commercial farming and and things like that. Um but I feel like I've seen now a whole other like using like wax paper and other we've talked about, you know, being more responsible on this podcast. But what have you found that it's really like enriched your life and that you've learned about eco responsibility, if that's a word? <laughs> um, it is now. OK, great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I was always very healthy growing up and mindful, but that mindfulness was more about like the food I ate and, you know, skincare products that I use and less about, you know, using less stuff, you know. And I feel like it was probably about two years ago. I actually, I went on this amazing trip to the Great Barrier Reef a year and a half ago. And that was a really big wake up to you know the effects of climate change and my direct responsibility as just one small person on this planet of millions and millions and and that was definitely you know a bigger a bigger wake-up call and then through that you know I've just found myself learning more um and you know I think just being Australian we're just very aware I think the the bushfires last year were, was it last, yeah, last, last yeah. year before technically, you know, that was a very traumatic experience for everyone that was there at the time. And, and, you know, there are definitely correlations to everything that's happening with climate change and the bushfires and, you know, being so viscerally like in close up to, to those bushfires was definitely a, a big wake up call. And, us also and um I know you guys are good with this too I just I've always thought like if you have a platform there is a social responsibility and not every social issue is going to be for everyone's demographic or for, or anyone's interest but you know I think to just use Instagram as a self-serving you know platform I um I don't know I just I think there's a way to kind of find ways to also educate as well as share things that are cute and exciting. (laughs) For our listeners who are listening now and really want to try to start that, because I think making that change in your life is important, but it's a huge step. What are some small little things they can do that will in turn make a big impact? So I, I'm was the same. I always was so overwhelmed because I felt like, you know, I had to be vegan and have to do all these extreme, not that veganism is extreme, but I felt like I had to do everything to be doing something. And, you know, I, I do think that people get overwhelmed and they get intimidated and then they just go, well, fuck it. I don't want to do anything. 
And there are really small things, you know, like if you, I do eat meat, I don't eat a lot of meat, but, you know, minimizing the amount of meat that you're eating is one thing, does not mean you need to cut out, but minimizing, you know, I, you know, try not, it's easier because we're at home all the time. I try not to get, you know, coffees out all the time, you know, and reducing the amount of like plastic cups that I'm getting and, you know, but every now and then I just really want an iced coffee and I, you know, like it, it, but if you kind of, I feel like people then go, well, I broke it. So now I don't care. And I'm just going to, you know, I think people just need to take the pressure off themselves and realize that like just little things really have a big impact because if everyone is doing little things, um, and also honestly, just being aware of what you're buying, you know, being an like educated consumer. Um, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be these humongous, massive lifestyle changes. They can just be things. They can Um, be small attainable goals and that makes a difference too. Yeah. It doesn't, or like, you know, if you're going and buying, this is a silly one, but like if you're buying cucumbers, don't buy cucumbers covered in plastic. Just buy the cucumber and wash it when you go home. Like little things like that. Really, they add up, you know, because if enough people stop buying the plastic cucumbers at supermarkets, maybe they will stop wrapping cucumbers in plastic and selling them. Just put them there and wash them when you go. <laughs> yeah, we did an episode on this podcast and we had a guest who uh, for her entire family would have um, all of their waste fit into a glass jar by the end of the year. And so she would even tell us that she would in the whole year with she has children as well. And so she would tell us that she would go through when she was searching for fruits and vegetables to even try to find the fruit if she had to go to a grocery store because at farmers markets, you don't have to worry about this. But she tried to find the fruits and vegetables without stickers on them. She's like, I couldn't waste the space (laughs) in my jar. I couldn't like I didn't need all those stickers. Yeah. And yeah, you just don't realize until you start opening your eyes a little bit more as to like how many unnecessary um, elements of waste there are everywhere. But that's why it's nice uh, that you've started a new business that specifically looks at that ahead of time. You know, how can I minimize the amount of waste um, in, in clothing that especially that what I love is that you know, how you're marketing it is that you wear the different pieces within themselves. It's not like, you know, it's not disposable fashion, essentially. Like these are lifelong pieces that you can have for a long time. Yeah. And also like in that, the other facet of, you know, these are clothes that you can wear to a sleepover or a girl's night or when the world opens up again, a nice restaurant. Like I wanted something like buying less, but using the clothes you have in more diverse ways, you know, and not needing, you know, that much stuff. You know, I, you know, this is the jour and I wear it watching Netflix and bed all day. I wear it on zoom calls like this. And you know, when I'm wanting to look a little funky, sexy, pretty, I put some actual makeup on <laughs> and blow dry my hair and it <laughs> elevates the outfit, you know, even more. So, um, yeah. Speaking of teen Vogue, I feel like any time I pick up a teen Vogue or any magazine <laughs> for that matter, it talks about how, you know, how to transition your outfits from day to night. And that's exactly <laughs> what you did. And, um, you know, so many of these magazines have written about, leisure and made it just, I mean, it's, it's really becoming a huge cult 
brand. So congratulations to you. That is just like so phenomenal. Um, I really want to make sure we talk about an amazing, inspiring, another inspiring thing you've done over quarantine. You wrote and directed your first short, short film, Furlough. Please talk to us about that. Tell us everything. So I'm a crazy person and I can't sit still. Um, I actually made, I made Furlough in 2019, actually. Okay. But it's just coming out. And I, yeah, I made that in Australia um, and shot it in, in New South Wales and then edited it, in, edited it in New York City. And this last year, you know, bittersweet, it, you know, got into a, a bunch of really great festivals, but unfortunately they were not, you know, IRL festivals. They were all mm-hmm. to be on online, but it's actually airing the first real like in-person festival is happening in about a week and a half um, at a festival called Flickr Fest in, in Australia. Um, so that's very exciting. Sadly, cannot be there for it, but a lot of the cast and crew are going to be able to be able to attend. So that's exciting. Yeah. Where can our listeners watch it? Or is it available for anyone to watch yet or not yet? I think it's maybe on some of the, I think the festival runs were just for a limited time, but I would say in a, after Flickr Fest, we're going to probably put it on, um, online so people can just watch it for free, but we were waiting until the festivals had kind of shared it themselves. Right. And the storyline, it's two young girls. Can you, it's, I know that you were inspired by it from, I think a little bit of your own youth. Can you tell us about the storyline of the short? Um, it was, it's about two girls who are kind of, um, it's hard to sort of give us not just without giving away the ending. It's about two young girls who go on a bit of a road trip. Um, and you are, you kind of go along with these girls and, and they kind of get them, get themselves into trouble, but then you realize that there's actually a really beautiful, meaningful intention behind why they're taking this quite naughty, you know, adolescent uh, road trip experience together. Um, But yeah, I wrote it, I directed it myself. I directed it with these two incredible Australian actresses called Markella and Millie Alcock and my friend Ryan Corr and um, that was a really incredible experience and something that I would love to do more of as well and was hoping to do more of this last year, but pandemic. <laughs> so that's definitely something to kind of put in the, you know, down the line. Yeah. Lazy. You just started a clothing line instead. Yeah. Come on, get it together, Phoebe. <laughs> Set the bar so low. <laughs> which which do you prefer when it comes to writing, directing, and acting? Because they are so different. Um, after having experienced them all, um, do you have a preference? You know, they, I I really loved directing. I I actually just there was something really beautiful about being part of the creative process. And you know, as we know, sometimes when you're on set, you're you're so far removed from that experience. Um, and I, I, you know, I like, you know, being part of that and being shaping the characters and, and I, so yeah, I, I, I definitely love acting, but I, I would like a world where I get, you know, a little bit of both, I would say, mm-hmm. 
I had, I think seven weeks of pre-production and it was just magic, you know, being able to research and, you know, talk to different people and really shape these characters in this film myself, as opposed to just sort of getting handed a script and standing in a line and being told this is what you have to say right now without asking any questions. <laughs> um, but there's, you know, there's beauty in, in both of them. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so <laughs> delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix my favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, 
and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. back so now looking back i actually realized i've never asked you this question Mm -hmm. about your uh about kind of the end of the originals Mm -hmm. or vampire diaries but i'd be surprised if you had an answer for vampire diaries but at the (laughs) end of the originals did you steal anything from the set i feel like i get asked that question all the time like now looking back i've been going through all my in quarantine i've been like organizing a lot and finding the little things that i've taken from set did you did you take anything you know what i don't think i did I would have liked my wedding rings, but I, I didn't take anything. I wasn't there on the last day. I wasn't there. I think my last day was a few days before the last day. Um, which by the way, Julie Plack, if you're listening, she has all this footage of all of us doing our last takes, which really needs to be edited together into a montage because I'm sure it's kind of hilarious. I don't know if she did it with your show as well. Yeah, I know. I'm realizing that I never saw it either. I'm like, I feel like it's somewhere. Like everyone's crying and cheering each other on. Yeah. I, Wait, so what is this? What does this mean? What, what do you mean doing the last take? I mean, I fell to the floor. Like it was the most surreal. I mean, more so I'm sure for you guys. But when they said, I was also so sad because I was like in a reduced crew and all the people that I'd like worked with for six years were not on my set when I said goodbye. So I think that was also why I was crying. Like, I'm not going to see all these people that aren't even here again. Um, But it's going to be pretty funny footage of all of us just like collapsing and crying and saying goodbye. (laughs) I feel like we can, we can ask Julie to make that happen, especially during quarantine. Yeah. That might be something we need to do. I'll do it on iMovie. You can just send me all the yeah. footage. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I didn't steal anything. And I do regret not stealing more. <laughs> I want to know, was there any sort of like funny story? I mean, you know, being on set, a lot of times we're making out with people and we're also half naked and we're doing all this crazy weird shit that no- people in a normal nine to five don't do. So do you have any, you know, funny moments that you remember or awkward moments that you... Um, will always kind of um, remember. I was going to say something for you to edit out, but I'm not even going to risk it. <laughs> what would be, I mean, I remember projectile vomiting all over the set once. Um, like not on a stunt vomit? Or a yeah. stu- no, like, <laughs> I, I ate something <laughs> and it like was disgusting. Only on a supernatural show would you be like, wait, on purpose or was it part <laughs> of, was it an accident? <laughs> You're like, yeah, so you vomited all over set. Yes, um, yes. What else? I mean, you were pregnant for like a year. Like, how long did you have to wear that fake pregnancy belly? I wore that for a year. 
I used to hide my phone under that belly so that I could <laughs> yeah for those listening there is a thing about actors like to have their phone near them but then you have to figure out where to put it so sometimes you hide it like you know under furniture in couches like all that kind of stuff and then you know i guess that's one plus phoebe if you have a fake pregnancy belly you just okay. stick it in there Glasses in there a book um, <laughs> i don't know you know i when I think back about that time, a lot of my like fondest memories, and it, this is when I really look back at that period of just like, what a beautiful, amazing, unique experience that I will probably never have again, was that we would work together for 10 months. We all lived in the same area. We would go to the restaurants. And then during the couple of months we had, <laughs> we'd go to these amazing events, <laughs> stay in these hotels and travel together. I mean, that's when I really look back and I get like very nostalgic. Like, Candace, like you and me have been to like the craziest countries together. And like, you know, that time in Paris, like when we all walked to, um, hotel costs and like, there's just so many crazy, funny, amazing memories that I have with all of us traveling. What's the craziest place you guys have been to together? Um, God, it all blends in. Does we've been to Belgium together, mm-hmm. Barcelona, Paris, yeah, to Rio without me because that was yeah, Australia. um, but yeah, just very funny, very funny, and like running into like I'd say like Michael Trevino at like a museum, and it was like you <laughs> moved from Atlanta to these like very beautiful European cities for a week, and like it was like we take over. That was very special and fun. Um, there was like an element of like this forced codependence of okay. like all of the cast. I mean, it was essentially like, oh gosh, it, what a long day. I just have to get out of here and like go home. <laughs> well, where are you guys going to dinner? Let's go have dinner. Uh, <laughs> like, after like 14 hours of working together, we'd still be like, yeah, but let's go eat dinner first together and then we'll all separate. And then we have to like get away from work and it's a summertime, our summer break. And we're like, hey, yeah, but I'll see you in a week in Belgium. It's like, it was ridiculous. We just never, ever left each other's sides. I mean, I saw, I think Karina McKenzie tweeted something the other day about like Krog. I mean, we, yeah, we would start work and we'd be at work from like six to like nine o'clock at night. And then we would, go to this bar in Atlanta called Krog with Julie and everyone, Pascal, and be there till like six in the morning. It would be like 24 hours yeah. <laughs> hanging out and working and then do it all again you know, later. So you guys spend all that saturated time together, right? And for almost a decade, I guess Phoebe Originals was eight years, Vampire Nights was 10 years. And then all of a sudden, you don't see each other anymore. You have to move to a different city. You have to find a, I don't know. I don't know if it was a new identity, but you have to, you know, reestablish yourself in a new city with new people, make new friends. How did you guys do that? That seems like a really good life lesson to have. How'd you do it, Candace? Oh gosh. <laughs> well, running into you in LA helped a lot. There was this mm-hmm. bizarre period of time yes. where, um, where Phoebe and I would be driving around separately, like having not yeah. spoken yeah. to each other. Exactly yeah. what you're saying, Kayla. Like you get to a city, you know, everyone kind of finally pushes pause and like no one's really talking to each other for the first time in a decade. And I feel like Phoebe and I would dro- end up driving next to each other on like the days yeah. when we really needed someone. And I'd like look over to my left with like tears in my eyes and I'd be like, Phoebe. And like, 
And we've run into each other so many times doing this. We're like, one of yep. us would be having a tough day and we just pull our cars over and yep. be like, well, I guess it's still the universe is- bringing us together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember distinctly you giving me your sunglasses at a Starbucks on Ventura. <laughs> yeah. Sunglasses on for a moment. So we stopped crying. Um, it was, you know, for me, that was a really strange readjustment period. I don't know if it was for you as Me well. too. It was, it was really rough. It felt like almost like a breakup divorce, like oh. rebirth. <laughs> I had like, that too. <laughs> like, but you know, but emotional from like a from yeah. the job, you know, no, from know. like a job yeah. that was a career. It felt like retirement, like what people uh-huh. describe what they go through when they're retiring. Um, it felt like uh, like an element. It, it felt like I had to grieve losing yeah. this job and this life that I'd had for so long. Totally, and I feel like I wished at the time. I'd acknowledged that more because I kind of landed back in LA and I was so lost. I was like, I don't, because also, you know, we got so comfortable being Atlanta. I didn't even come back and forth from LA that much by the last few years. Like I was really just in Atlanta or a little bit in New York. And yeah, I feel like there should be a manual for like finishing a long running show in a different city and then moving back to Los Angeles. Cause I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And yeah, like you said, like I felt like, my identity had sort of been so shaped by the show and every, all you guys. And suddenly I was just like floundering by myself in Los Angeles. Yeah. It did feel like a massive divorce. Um, and yeah. (laughs) What's been weird is in like, you know how right now, especially in the last year, they've come out with so many, um, like throwback thing, like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air did a special. Yeah. Um, like Shit's Creek had such success that they did like an end of the series, like goodbye, the filming of the last day, and a little documentary towards that. Game of Thrones has one where they film the last day, and I found myself watching these and just crying my eyes out, being like, that I I don't know how to verbalize like what I'm feeling, but I know that I connect with like everything that everyone's feeling in these videos which is just like this insane connection with each other this like language that they all know how to speak that no one else really knows and then this like kind of emotional roller coaster of like joy and grief that it's like for what that experience was and this gratitude towards it but also just like knowing that it doesn't really get repeated that there's something special about it Mm. and also I feel like that experience is very unique um because we were all sort of, we were all around the same age and you guys obviously had been doing it before us, but like, I don't know if I got, if I started a show right now, it would be the same. I think I'm like past the point of like wanting to be codependent to my co-stars and like hang out as a part all the time. So I do feel like it kind of was this sort of like beautiful experience that won't be replicated at least for me in my probably career. Um, but it is nice. Like, I feel like we all, you know, I haven't seen you guys in person for a long time, but like, I feel like with all of us, if there was ever anything that anyone needed, there is just that familiar, like if I was, Ken, is it midnight? I, can you come and help me? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when you spend much time together, it does, you know, it's like with my old school friends. I don't see them for years, but then we hang out, which hopefully we can all hang out one day in the future and it will just be like, you know, six years ago at Krog and nothing has changed. 
Um, and I think that is a really beautiful thing, even though we don't all get to see each other as much as I'm sure we'd all like to. You know, it's also really beautiful because to hear the two of you talk about having to struggle through a transition like that, because not just in social media, but a lot of times people just assume that if you have been on a long running show, you you kind of have your life together. And it's refreshing to know that at the end of the day, everyone's just human and just goes through the same struggles and moving to a new city, no matter who you are, what you've experienced, we all are going to have a tough time and that's life and that you can call on your friends anytime that happens. And hopefully life helps you out and you end up next to them on the freeway <laughs> when you need to yeah. pull over and wear, <laughs> wear a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Um, well, I also want to ask a little bit, I just to plug it before we stop. Um, but your show Bloom, is that still going to go another season? Is, are you, I know you're not in Australia, so that's why yeah. I'm like... It was always two seasons. Okay. Yes. Which is also a very funny, like going from like 24 episodes a season to like six episodes, two seasons. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, how it's, yeah. it's a breath of fresh air of, I'm yeah. sure, a creative experience. Yeah. So yeah, we did the second season. Again, I'm going to say last year. It was not last year. It was year before last. And um, we're not doing another season, but it's on Hulu. Um, and yeah, I would like to be in Australia right now. <laughs> They're doing better than here. Um, yeah. Well, it's been so fun to watch everything that you've done since the originals and you should feel very, very proud of yourself. Um, it's been fun cheering you on via social media since we haven't been able to see each other as much. That's again, mm -hmm. it is a very nice part of social media when you get to just see like the highlight reels of like all the fun things that your friends are doing because, you know, it's hard to be able to... Um, see each other as much. I think after this experience of quarantine, we're all going to be making very different efforts to see each other in person. It's going to be, I mean, I know that's what, that's been like the new question and we're, we're, we're recording this pretty soon after um, the new year. And that's been kind of the new year's like 2021 question. My husband and I keep asking each other is like, oh, what is it going to feel like? He's good. He's oh. good. He's a, you know, he's a whole different kind of rock star right now. He's, uh, yeah. he's hanging four with girls. baby. I know yeah. four girls. We, we got a full house. Damn. Um, he's hanging with baby. So mama can do this. Um, but, but what is it going to be like when we all get to be together? Are, are there, is there, which I think is like a kind of a beautiful version of a resolution in itself. Like, is there something that you guys are excited for when that can happen? Is, is it like, oh my gosh, I know on the other side of this, like I want to spend more time in, I don't know, who knows, in solitude hiking more because I really like it. Or I just want more dinner parties with friends or I want to travel or, you know, is there something on the other side of this that you're like, what will it be like? Is there something that you want it to be like? Both of you. <laughs> Taylor, what do you think? Yeah. So I was thinking about that. That's such a good question. Um, I think for me, it's the quality of people that I want to dedicate my time to because having a handful of really close people I can count on has been something that I've found that's really important to me during quarantine. And um, 
well, I'm going to miss all the big parties and everything like that. I want to make sure I hone in on specific relationships and make sure they develop and thrive. And I'd rather have a handful of really good close friends who I can help that can be there for me than to know everyone at the party, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're like, I took for granted so many really mundane things like popping over someone's house and drinking wine or having a cup of tea that just feels so foreign now. Um, that definitely when things start, you know, all I want, I feel like I'm mentally preparing because I just keep buying like plates and serving platters. So <laughs> <laughs> dinner party. So I'm just like stockpiling dinner party things. Waiting for the day. It's a quick fix. <laughs> you guys makes you can feel come like... over. Yeah, like I literally, I, this is sitting on a che- a big cheese cutting board right now. <laughs> I'm just like, like candles. I'm just like so excited to, yeah, just like the things that matter is just like company. And I mean, also the crazy thing is, is like not hugging anyone. Like it's the, mm-hmm. it's like I'm sure you, know, you guys have kids and, so my boyfriend, but I, I haven't hugged my friends in so long and I'm not even a hugger, but I mm. crave just that like release of just like unspoken love and affection for your friends or even just like anyone. It's a really strange thing. I just want to hug people and this weird feeling of like, there's a real de- detachment and I'm sure in years to come, there will be some subconscious side effects to all of this. Like that I don't think we are acknowledging yet, you know, like touch and closeness and affection and all those things that we're just not getting and not giving and very strange, very, very strange. It's funny. I was going through videos from 2020 and, and our, we participated in a photo shoot, Kayla and I did, for our friend's clothing clothing line, Show Me Your Moo Moo. And so it's all of our friends. Yeah, it's like all of our closest friends in one room. And, you know, even our friend who's doing hair and makeup, other friends who work for the clothing line who are styling it. And we're all just in a room together, like 15 of us. And I just like did a video. And this was back in February of last year. Um, so before the shutdown. And so I did a video and everyone in the room is just on their phone. And at the time, it's just like, haha, yeah, we're all just hanging out on our phones. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, if we would have known that mm. that was one of the last times we'd all be in a room together, <laughs> like how it would have been so different, so yeah. different. And I was in a foul mood that day because I was feeling insecure about some bullshit that I can't even remember now. And it's just you look back and you're like, God, I I definitely don't want to take those moments for granted. And I don't want them to be drowned out by little voices in my own head that don't matter, that have no place to be there. That story is so inspiring because I feel like it's so easy right now to think about all the negative repercussions of being in quarantine. And that is such a positive that maybe will change once we're out of this. Yeah. That we won't be on our phones. We'll put our phones away and the time together will matter so much more. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the gratitude and not taking things for granted once all of this opens up. I mean, even just traveling, like I just crave 
all the things that I would put on my bucket list, like I want to go to India and I want to go to all these places. Like once this is, I'm just doing it because just in case this happens again in my lifetime, like I want to have those experiences that I have been putting off or thinking, Oh, I'll get, I'll get to that one day or I'll find that or fly there or visit that place one day in the future. And there's, it's not an urgency, but there's definitely like when things go back to normal, like, no, like you really don't know what can happen in this life. And, um, you know, but how have you guys like been in all of this? Like how, how have you been like taking care of yourselves in this very strange time? We aren't, we just take care of kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. When we, when we first started this, when we first started this, Phoebe was like, wow, your hair looks so good. And I was like, that's because and mentally I thought that's because it's the only time I've done it in like the past five yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's kind of, you know, I, I don't think I have to constantly remind myself and this is really embarrassing. Um, but what's helped me uh, recently because I have felt very overwhelmed and I, I spent, I think, a lot of moments last year thinking like, oh, my gosh, these emotions are so big and so real. And I was very pregnant and very hormonal and and feeling isolated and scared and 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 just volatile and all the things thinking like, you know, I wonder if anyone else is feeling this way. And of course everyone is feeling that way, but you're so isolated that you think it's kind of your, your own feelings that no one else understands. And now that they're starting to air real housewives episodes (laughs) in which they filmed in quarantine, it's really helped me being like, Oh my God, they were going through the exact same thing. I didn't know that. That I was going through. I think maybe I should start. So if you need anything like I really highly recommend watching um yes at like the real housewives as they were filming in quarantine um like you know Orange County isn't my favorite but I feel like the season's really been helping me to understand that we're all in it together in a way you know this is the cheapest version of therapy that there is instead of paying your therapist just turn on a real housewives it's fantastic. And also, I'm sorry, if Tasha can make it at the La Quinta Inn for all those weeks on The Bachelorette, then we're, we got this. I love That's it. all I That's keep amazing. thinking about is Tasha watching The Bachelor right now being like, look at this. He's got like a whole freaking like beautiful fall foliage field. And she was just stuck at the La Quinta Inn in Palm Springs in the dead of summer. So if, if Tasha can do that, we got this, guys. We got this. That's my advice on how to make it through the rest of quarantine. Speaking of like, we got this, Phoebe, I know we have so many uh, fans listening, so many people who really look up to you. And a lot of our listeners are younger and really impressionable. If you were to leave them with one um, anecdote or one little piece of advice to help get through quarantine, to help them figure out who they are as an individual, to help them figure out inspiration, any of that, what would it be? I feel like when I was a 15 year old, I was so cool. (laughs) And I let so much, so many sort of outside sources tell me what was cool and wasn't what wasn't cool. And I really do feel like if you are a young person and you're listening to this, your uniqueness and weirdness and curiosity 
is what makes you interesting and special and not trying to follow trends or be like your friends at school or be like someone you follow on social media. I think like really embrace what makes you special and funky and cool. Um, that would be my advice for my own self at that age. And it's something that only now I'm able to listen to. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Phoebe, thank you so much for joining us today. And for I'm sure a lot of our listeners already do follow you on social media, but in case you have some new fans, where can they find you? At Phoebe J. Tonkin. And Leisure also has an Instagram. And Shop Leisure, which is uh, Shop and then L-E-S-J-U-R on Instagram. Thank you so much. (laughs) One thing that really struck me when listening to you and Phoebe reminisce, Candice, was how you gave her your sunglasses in a Starbucks. And to me, that's the epitome of a really good friend. When you know someone is going through something and you give them, quote unquote, the shirt off your back to help them through a really hard time. And it's really sweet to hear the two of you um, go through those times and to get a glimpse into the friendship that, you know, before quarantine, what it was like. It was it was I didn't expect us to really talk about that today. The idea of um, the grief that comes with letting go of a job that you've had for a long time and the reality of how much that job becomes your identity. You know what Phoebe was saying. And to be honest, you know, I don't think I really fully experienced that grief until, you know, this time in quarantine. I think it's really forced me to stop and and look at what I was still holding on to, because I think I just came out to L.A. You know, we moved this family out. You know, I just my whole focus was on like getting the next job because there's this level of expectation of the job that I was supposed to be doing you know, but also really needing to be there for my family and, you know, and then also trying to reconnect with friends and figuring out my identity as a woman in her early 30s and, and, you know, and listening and watching to what everyone else was saying and what everyone else was doing and thinking I had to be, you know, in some sort of rat race that didn't really exist, you know, and, and I didn't really take the time to appreciate and, grieve, you know, letting go of a past identity. And so it was weird. I I think that Phoebe and I would literally be driving next to each other where one of us was in tears and we'd pull over. (laughs) And and LA is a really big city. It's a very hard city to run into people. It's easier to run into people in New York. It is hard to run into people in LA. And so, um, they were really special moments that I that I look back on. But it was nice in this conversation to be able to uh, to talk about that experience because it is it is really weird. And I feel like, you know, obviously there's a lot going on in our world that we're not talking about on this podcast right this second because we knew that we were excited to talk to Phoebe and her accomplishments and, and to celebrate them. But it, it was it's nice to be able to have that perspective of like, okay, I feel like I've really taken that in and now I can focus on, you know, where, where I'm at in the world myself, where I'm at with my family 
And um, and also that there's a lot going on in the world right now that's more <laughs> that's more significant than, right. you know, the things I was letting get to me a few years ago, which as an actress, you know, uh, it it can the the most ridiculous things can feel so large. <laughs> and I know everyone can can relate to that in their own way. Well, that's but. one thing that's so great about quarantine is it gives us time to reflect on who we are, on where we want, who we want to be and um, continue to grow. Even though we're not leaving the house, there's so much growth going on within each of us. And I'm excited for that time when we get to be together. I mean, I love, you know, what you were saying specifically about um, that you don't need to know everyone in the room at the party. You don't need to make those rounds. It's really about like the core people who you are taking the time to connect with in life. and. I think that that's, I, I love that so much that that's something you've been thinking about a lot lately um, for what you want your life to look like on the other side of this. Right. That's definitely something I'm going through too. And I, um, thanks. Yeah. It's a, it's a good epiphany to have and I'm excited for it once we're out of quarantine. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged. We love you. Stay safe. We'll have another great episode for you next week. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com